Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning, planet Earth, and welcome into episode something of Trust the Tape, the best podcast there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be, allegedly. Uh, we are proud this week to welcome back in my co-host, the great Dane Brugler of NFLDraftScout.com, who was out last week uh, interviewing dispute. interviewing for general manager jobs as a leverage play uh, against our bosses trying to get money uh, for Trust the Tape, trying to get more money, yeah, a couple more million. Uh, how did negotiations go? And welcome back. No, good to be back on uh, Halloween. Dane had a sick kid. Yeah, well, that that factored in, too. Yeah, just yeah. It was was a Skype interview. Yeah. uh, With the pack and play in the background and a screaming child. Nice. I'm used to that as part of the deal as being a parent. Uh, Tonight might be my first uh, trick-or-treat as a parent, which that'll be interesting. It's supposed to be cold and rainy here in DFW, but eh, free candy. Uh, We'll see how that goes. Uh, Wait, how old are we talking? How old? Two and one. Two-year-old is old enough where he's excited to dress up as a fireman and we, we practice knocking on the door and saying trick-or-treat, so he's got it down. We'll see if uh, he can follow through tonight. Is he going to be really sad if it's rain? Like, if it rains, will he want to do it or not? Because you have to suck it up. This isn't about you. No, I'll put on Puppy Dog Pals on TV, and he'll be fine. Okay. So cool. we'll be good. Congrats yeah. on that. That's great. Yeah, at two Congrats. years old, that's fine. But, you know, next year probably will be a different story. But, uh, yeah, we had a big weekend. Uh I mean, there's so much to cover just on the college football landscape. Uh, a lot of good sports going on with the World Series, NFL, but, man, college football on Saturday, that, that was a fun day of football. Yeah, I'm out on the NFL, I decided, yeah. Now that Zeke's suspended, I'm out. I'll be back later. Yeah. So, uh, thanks. Good season, guys. <laughs> Talk to you about the draft. That's where we'll be. Uh, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the biggest one? Yeah, we got to start with uh, Penn State at Ohio State. Uh, you could look, we could look back at this game and say it was might have been the biggest game of the year in the regular season uh, in terms of the ramifications, in terms of just the theater that it brought us uh, with the game itself. You know, Penn State was the better team for three quarters. Uh, Ohio State, I think they outgained Penn State through three quarters. You know, yards wise, the box score looked like Ohio State should have been winning, but mistakes, turnovers, that was the difference. Ohio State just couldn't get out of their own way. And then in the fourth quarter, halfway through, that blocked punt by Denzel Ward, who one of the fastest players in college football. You should probably block him on uh, punt coverage. That blocked punt kind of turned things uh, on its head for Penn State. And then JT Barrett decided, hey, I'm going to be a boss. I'm going to be the best I've ever been in college football that we've ever seen, uh, ever seen a Ohio State quarterback uh, play the last five years, and he was. He was outstanding. He uh, what had 16 completions uh, to finish the game. He uh, The last two drives just made you wonder, why, why can't Ohio State do this more often? Because that's really been the issue that we've, and we've beat up JT Barrett quite a bit on this podcast for... He's going to go win the Heisman now. Oh, he hasn't been a downfield passer. He hasn't been uh, able to move the ball consistently down the field, and that's exactly what... He did, and you have to be impressed with the progress that he showed. He's anticipating passing windows. Uh, he's able to keep his eyes downfield, climb the pocket, 
uh, not get too rattled, tuck, and just run the ball. I, I mean, he he threw it uh, those last two drives. It wasn't him just you know using his legs, using his athleticism. Uh, and I think part of the part of the story of that fourth quarter is the difference in the trench play. The defensive line for Ohio State, every time Ohio State went down and answered, the defensive line stepped up in the fourth quarter. Trace McSorley didn't have a chance. Uh, Saquon Barkley, who's still the favorite to win the Heisman, but after that touchdown, uh, the rushing touchdown in the first quarter, the remaining of it, he had, I think, eight carries for uh, that he's tackled in the backfield. I mean, that defensive line just didn't give him a chance. They didn't give McSorley a chance in the fourth quarter. Meanwhile, the Penn State defense could not get home. They played a lot of prevent. They played coverage, and that's where JT Barrett just picked them apart. Yeah, it was a terrible game, Dane. It was just the worst game I've ever seen as an Ohio State hater. Um, I guess I could just evolve and not hate on a school for no reason, but instead I'm just upset because uh, I think that they might have taken the Heisman from Saquon. The only thing is I don't know who's going to take it, you know? No. And, is, I mean, JT Barrett's in the mix. Remember, two, look at his numbers. Two He's weeks ago mix. on this podcast, yeah. and we're talking about the Heisman, I said, you're going to yell at me. Yeah. But JT Barrett is kind of waiting in the wings, and if he has a big game against Penn State, he could instantly go back in this thing. And you look I at his... Now, no, what I need is OU to have no more choke jobs, and I can give it to Baker Mayfield, and I'll be fine. Look at just Barrett's numbers from this game. 33 of 39. Uh, that's 85%. 328 yards passing, 95 yards rushing, and four touchdown passes. I mean, that's against a Penn State defense that has been not great, but a good defense this year. Uh, it's it's really impressive performance by him. You're right. I mean, he's right back in the Heisman, but he's not number one. I mean, there was a lot of recency bias on Saturday night. I got a lot of tweets how Barrett's going to take the Heisman. I don't even think he's in the top three at this point. Now, the stats look great. Uh, He'll I mean, go to New York, I bet. No, I think he punched his ticket. I mean, unless he has a complete meltdown down the stretch, I think he 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 really punched his ticket to New York. But you look at his stats, 30-1 to 1 touchdown interception ratio, I, that's really good. And what he did on the big stage, really impressive. So uh, all credit to JT Barrett and Ohio State. I mean, again, that defensive line, 13 tackles for loss against Penn State. Bosa, huh. Hubbard, huh. Ta- Taekwon Lewis. Uh, I mean, they, were, they didn't give him a, ch- a chance to do anything. So... Uh, a lot of credit to Ohio State. They're right back in this thing in terms of uh, being a playoff contender. And so it's one last thing on JT Barrett. I think if you told Ohio State fans that uh, Saturday morning that JT Barrett was going to be in the Heisman race, I think they would have laughed at you. I mean, this isn't uh, JT Barrett's been uh, a very polarizing figure in Ohio State history. And I, I think his legacy could have gone either way after that game. And he decided to step up and. I think now instead of going down as you know a three-time team captain, but never could get it done uh, when it mattered the most, that's gonna kind of the narrative's gonna flip the script a little bit on uh, how he's going to be remembered in Columbus. Okay, so the next game that we got to talk about is one of two. You can pick it, but it's either Notre Dame mm-hmm. or it's what Iowa State did. It's one or the other because Iowa State is now number fourteen in the country, which. Uh, if you're not a college football diehard, you're probably scratching your head right now saying who? Yeah. Uh, and that's that's insane. But And Notre Dame, they're going to be in the top four tonight, aren't they? Tonight uh, is the college football playoff reveal, and they're going right. to, because they've got three quality wins, this, at least it, off the top of my head. If you listen to this on Wednesday morning, this might sound stupid, but to me, they're the clear-cut number three team, in my opinion. Now, we'll see if the committee agrees. The top two teams, and we'll, we'll get to our top four here in a little bit, Top two teams. Okay. Both well, you're going to hear me be out on Notre Dame, and I know they deserve it, but I don't right. care. Join a conference. 
So Everybody that's, else has that's to play their conference. They got to the play their title game. You don't have to well, do it. No, you're out. Okay, and remember the committee and the rankings. It's they go by what they don't look in the future. So if you say this the final week of the season while other teams are playing in a conference championship game, that's that's valid. You're not wrong. But for right now, what they've done so far, you have to include them in the final four. Oh, no, four. they're banned. No, they're banned from my top four. Just because they're not in a conference. Yeah, until they have a conference affiliation, they're banned from my top four. And this won't go well. I found out recently no. that Notre Dame still has a fan base. They do. I thought that was just way back when because they had their own TV channel. That's why, th- didn't well, they like own NBC while we were growing up? And that's why they're not in a conference is because they have their own thing. They have their own TV network, basically. Yeah, well. They whatever. don't need to join a conference. I'm out on you, Notre Dame. And I don't want Brian Kelly to succeed. Well, so I won't. Well, I, I won't let them in my top. Four. After he just was such a bad head coach last year. He's I, he did some soul searching in the off season and probably got a better quarterback this year. He's got a better quarterback for what he wants to do. Like when? Like <laughs> run the ball? <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Look, there are plenty of storylines to this game. I think first and foremost, we had talking about Josh Adams over 200 yards again. He's a stud. And look, don't get me wrong. He's a Sunday player. Look, yeah, he is. I mean, okay. he's he's got a little Derrick Henry to him, like that bigger guy, long strider. Uh, and look, he's a good player, but some of those holes that he's running through, you or I would have gotten twenty yards before we were touched. I mean, it, it, gaping holes. And so you're talking about Mike McGlinchey and Quentin Nelson, and that NC State defensive line is full of future pros. I and mean, we talk about Bradley Chubb a lot, but BJ Hill and Jones and Street, and these guys are all going to be drafted next year. So the offensive line for Notre Dame really flexed its muscles in this game. Offensive guards aren't usually talked about as potential top five picks. I think Quentin Nelson is the exception to that. I, Brandon Scherf went in the top five two years ago. I think Quentin Nelson, Notre Dame left guard, has a legit shot of being a top five pick, top ten pick at least. Well, it can get kind of weird because, I mean, you're obviously way ahead of me on prospects at this point. Mm-hmm. But I haven't heard any talk of a defensive end that people love at the There's very, no very top. Yeah. Um, I'm not super sold on a quarterback yet. Especially if Darnold goes back. I haven't heard talk of a dominant left tackle that's going to be in the draft. No, there's not. So I don't have a tackle. I don't have an edge player. You probably have a quarterback go number one because that's the way it works. At least but other five. spots yeah. in the top five, it seems like it's kind of open. Because yeah, the it's most valuable open. spots aren't jumping out at you. Right, and you look at, for me, going into the year, top five players were Darnold, who might go back, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, the defensive back from Alabama, who still is a top five player in this draft, in my opinion. I'm not going to say he's Jalen Ramsey, but he's that type of player, a guy that could play free safety, could play corner, uh, just a very instinctive player. He's a top five pick in this draft. Derwin James, who is a, an amazing athlete, but he's still showing rust from missing all of last year with injury. Uh, you know, he's not that lock top five pick like we thought he could be going into the year. Uh, now, he's still a very good player, still going to be highly drafted, but not a lock top five, top five pick. And then Saquon Barkley, who, you know, he plays a position where you just never know. I mean, could he go top three? Absolutely he could. But you look at the teams that will be picking top three, it's not that easy uh, to just, you know, pencil in a running back no matter what. So, in this draft, Quentin Nelson, I think he's the best offensive lineman in the country. I think he has a legitimate shot uh, to go that high. He's that good. Another offensive lineman for Notre Dame to talk about, Mike McGlinchey, the left tackle, who is the top senior offensive tackle in this group. But this is an important matchup for him against Bradley Chubb. Chubb's a top 10 pick, uh, top 15 pick, an early first rounder. How would he fare against Chubb? And he struggled at times. And he struggled against Georgia's speed, and he struggled against Bradley Chubb's speed. 
And it's why I gave him a second round grade going into this year. And why, frankly, I think we're going to be talking about him as a better guard, a better right tackle, uh, where he was it looked like he was more comfortable on the right side. Now, he's a very good run blocker, outstanding run blocker. Him and Quentin Nelson on the left side, those guys just steal souls. But as in pass protection, that's that's what's going to get you, get you drafted high, the left tackle. And that's where he's kind of struggled. Bradley Chubb uh, had, had a pretty good game against him. Uh, so uh, the Mike McGlinchey thing will be interesting going down the All stretch. Right, so big win for Notre Dame, my number five team forever. They'll always be number five no matter <laughs> what they do. And the other big game over this weekend is Iowa State has yeah. now become the giant killer in the Big 12. Matt Campbell, uh, man. As they beat TCU 14-7, to and Iowa State's now going to jump all the way up to number 14, at least in the AP poll. And the Big 12 is now a train wreck. The Big 12 has now entered um, Pac-12 territory for me, yeah. where to make the playoff, I think it kind of requires OU to run it. They, run, they OU, have to run the table. O, OU yeah. is the only brand that the NCAA really respects that they're going to, and Baker Mayfield, that they're going to welcome into the playoff when it gets tight with other teams. And they have, OU has to run it. it. OU has the only... Like legit non-conference win, big time win. And they, they beating Ohio State at their place. Uh, now you know you could argue that this is a different Ohio State team now than they played in September. But they have one of the best non-conference wins of the year. There's no question about that. So you give Matt Campbell credit for what they're doing. They've beat two top five teams. And look, you, we can argue that you know the polls are are dumb at this point of the year, and they are. The polls are absolutely stupid but they have beat two five top ranked uh, top five teams and they did it in different ways against Oklahoma it was the offense they scored 38 points against Oklahoma and then against TCU this past weekend they, it was the defense they gave the TCU only uh, scored seven points against them so Iowa State is winning in different ways you know I was a little you know Matt Campbell's a Mount Union guy I've known him for a while I was a little surprised when he took the Iowa State job uh, from Toledo, because I mean, he he took Toledo to another level. Uh, he was a hot coaching candidate. I was thinking he'd get a better job than Iowa State. Iowa State's kind of the perennial down there with Kansas, you know, basement of the Big Twelve. But I mean, I was wrong. I mean, he's turned, he knew he yeah, believed. Uh, yeah, he I'm going to do this, and, and it's going to be incredible. He's doing it with not his players. Uh, you know, he's doing it with a lot of guys that were already on the roster. So you know, all the credit to him. And on TCU side. What do we talk about this whole year? How we're hesitant to buy in because of Kenny Hill. You know, the old Kenny Hill was going to show up, and he did show up on Saturday. He had under 50% completions, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, he did not play well, and that's why TCU only scored seven points and lost 14 to seven. Well, and TCU hurt. I mean, that just, I, I think that's just massive for the Big 12 that now you don't have an right. undefeated. Now you're lumped in uh, with like the Big 10, like Wisconsin's undefeated. But the Big Ten doesn't need an undefeated because you just right. you have so much respect for Ohio State and for Penn State and to some extent Wisconsin. But the Big Twelve needed TCU, and if another team was going to make the playoff out of the Big Twelve, they needed TCU mm-hmm. to be good so that they would have that win and it would look really, really good. And so now they've all still got. When you look at their schedules, they've all still got games against reasonably ranked teams because the Big Twelve is a deep conference. The Big Twelve now you're talking about TCU, right. OU. Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Iowa State. I think all of them are ranked at this point. Texas, not quite a joke anymore. Right. And it's it, Big 12 is always a backloaded schedule. So they always play their best games in November. And we're going to see that this upcoming weekend with Bedlam. 
Though, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, Big 12, it's a lot of, there's a lot of teams ranked right now, but they need, really need, like you said, OU to kind of run the table. Uh, And, you know, it's, it was good for the Big 12. The Oklahoma State beat West Virginia last week, so they remain a one-loss team, even though they do not look like a top 10 team at all. But they're a one-loss team. So if Oklahoma beats a one-loss team, Oklahoma State, a two, they'll be have two losses, probably still ranked. So it's good for Oklahoma. It's, uh, but the way the Big 12 goes, you know, Oklahoma State's just going to go beat OU, and the Big 12 yeah. is going to be done. They <laughs> that's, might, that's yeah. That's the way it's going to go. They might. Uh, well, especially the way OU's defense plays. They don't have a defense. And I think the Big 12 is going to regret having that conference championship game. Uh, you know, especially if one loss OU loses to, uh, you know, TCU. or yeah. Well, it's some- tough for them because I look at teams like Wisconsin. You look at their schedule this year, no Penn State, no, oh, no Ohio State. They get to walk to the title game undefeated. Yeah, they do. Uh, but Georgia if they win. and Bama don't have to play each other. Clemson doesn't mm-hmm. have a hard schedule. Like all of these teams, because they have 12 teams. I'll always find something to complain about with the Big 12 before it was no title game. Now it's right. go find two teams. Yeah. Because you've got to give yourself a chance to do what so many other conferences get to do, which is every second or third year, you dodge the monsters. Right. Big 12, you don't dodge anybody. You and play them all. Wisconsin, no, they haven't played anybody. But if they go to the Big Ten Championship and beat, say, Ohio State, they're in. Oh, yeah. You, the, the committee With is one not good game. Yeah, the committee is not going to keep out a 13 0 Big Ten champion. Right. It's impossible for it to happen. So Wisconsin, if they go to a Big Ten championship, they beat whoever they're into the, the final it, four. Is it impossible that they leave out a one loss Notre Dame? If Notre Dame, no, wins it's out, not impossible. Okay, it, but I, I do think the fact that you look at their schedule, they've got a lot of impressive wins on there, and they have the and probably they've still got I think one more coming. Uh, I don't remember. They've got Miami. Game, they, yeah, they've got another, and they've got Stanford. Who, as long as Bryce loves playing, Stanford's a decent team, uh, but. They also have arguably the most impressive loss, one loss or yeah. one point loss to Georgia. So who's number one in the country? Don't pay attention to polls. Just listen to me. Georgia's been the best team this year. I don't disagree. A um, few more notes from the weekend. How about Florida State getting embarrassed from Boston College? They're sitting at what, two and five now. I think I, I get it. They have a true freshman at quarterback. When Francois went down, their season ended. Basically, but still, you're Florida State. I mean, if Ohio, if JT Barrett goes down. I still expect Ohio State to, you know, they could still beat Iowa this weekend. Yeah, Florida State, uh, they just, they don't know. They look like they've given up. Uh, the defense is loaded with future players, uh, first-round players, and Boston College really just made them look silly. Uh, one draft note, Boston College best player, Harold Landry, the defensive end, he was out with an ankle. He didn't even play in that game, but I talked to him this week. He told me he is good to go. He expects to play uh, in BC's next game against NC State. Oh, yeah, they're being a journalist this week, huh, Dane? Just doing a little digging. I hear you. Um, your boy, Will Greer. Tough game this weekend. Uh, yeah, that wasn't good. I didn't, four like, I didn't like the fourth pick or the <laughs> third one, uh, the second one. No. Yeah, my guy, um, maybe I shouldn't make judgments based off watching like five quarters live. But screw it, that's my guy. I'm riding with him. I look, him on my NFL I, team. I've I've been right there with you. I like him, but unless he fish, uh, fixes his mechanics, his decision making, those two glaring issues lead to mistakes, and that was certainly the case against Oklahoma State. Uh, Mason Rudolph, I don't think he played really that well either. But uh, Oklahoma State gets the win. Uh, Georgia at Florida, uh, that was as much of a blowout as we expected. Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle were both great. I'm that's why I think to me that's why I think Georgia is the number one team in the country. Like yeah. Yeah, Bama might beat them in the title game, but Georgia, you know, most college football teams when you see a real team on the schedule, like Florida hasn't been good this year, 
but it's a real team on the schedule in conference. Mm-hmm. You never know what's going to happen. But for Georgia, you do. They're yeah. going to show up, and they're not going to play down to anybody else's level. They're going to roll you. Ge- Georgia's done all. Georgia's had some good teams the last few years. Florida has won, has beaten Georgia the last three years, not including this year, before this year, the last three years by four, at least 14 points every game. So, I mean, this is, uh, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, Georgia, going into this game, they were 14-point favorites, and you still felt like, well, they're going to cover that. I mean, at yeah. least they should. Uh, but I'm going to stick with what I said over the summer. The top two senior running back prospects, they both play for Georgia. Chubb and Michelle. I Look, I like, uh, you know, Freeman at Oregon and um, uh, Penny at San Diego State. But I, these two guys are my two favorite senior running backs. Love them. Uh, and then and is their, their quarterback's a freshman, isn't he? Yeah, true freshman. True from, freshman. Uh, and that's, that, you kind of, you're. Now the true sophomore, because they've had three years in a row getting yeah. number one. Jacob Eason was the sophomore. He started he the year hurt. until he got hurt. And so now the true freshman's taking his job. True sophomore's going to have to transfer somewhere. With, and the new true freshman's coming. Yeah, take the, especially take with jobs. Josh Fields coming in. Uh, <laughs> Jake, I think Jacob Eason, who was the true sophomore, yeah, he he might not ever throw a pass for Georgia ever again. Um, which hey, and I think he's from Washington, so. Maybe Chris Peterson will get a nice transfer for his Huskies. Take okay. over for Jake, Jake Browning. We'll see. Hey, I mean that's how it works in uh, that's how it works in high school. I don't know if you're familiar with high school like Texas football. Every time a really good player at a powerful school graduates, mm-hmm. somebody miraculously moves oh, yeah. into the city. It's incredible. That's how. It was. Well, and uh, I'm from Ohio, and that's how high school football is big in Ohio. Uh, in, in Warren, that was a, that was the occasion where you know someone graduated and all of a sudden this guy named Maurice Claret showed up. Oh, weird. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of weird how he showed up and uh, kind of just took over the world there for a year or two at Ohio State. Yeah, but, I went to Allen High School and when Kyler Murray yeah. graduated, it was crazy. Somebody from the Northwest, I guess his dad just got a job in Allen. <laughs> like, oh, who would have thought? Yeah. And he's an incredible quarterback. And he's living in the same house that the previous quarterback <laughs> lived in. This is huh. crazy. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but less than 24 hours after that Georgia-Florida game, Jim McElwain, he gone. How much money did he get? I heard the buyout was huge. Did they get a reduced one? I haven't seen a final number, but I have seen reports that it's kind of it's it's hard because the agent is also the agent with some of these other head coaches. They have a great relationship with the school. I mean, it should be like twelve million dollars, and if they negotiate it down to like half that, why? Hey, why is that? I mean, I guess they can. They're trying to show cause with the the whole death threat situation and that. I they, that could be a reason for them not to pay the, the whole the whole buyout. But if I'm McElwain, I'm not taking anything less than at least three quarters of that twelve million. Yeah, I'll take the money. That'll be fine. You can fire me. I'll go find myself a little. Uh, I guess we don't have one double A anymore. But whatever. I got it. I'll find a job. Oh, he's gonna have no. I mean, Oregon State. He's a West Coast guy. He could go take the Oregon State job. He'll be fine. Uh, but I mean, I think we have to look at this. He won the he won the, the SEC East each of the last two years. Uh, I mean, you look at his SEC record; it's not bad. Is I mean, there's a lot of situations behind the scenes going on with McElwain and his relationship with the administration and all that. Uh, the football team has, you could argue, has been underperforming. I think Florida, after Spurrier, after Urban Meyer, they just have its national championship or bust. You know, they're not okay. I heard Spurrier reached out a couple times to try to help, and McElwain was like, no, I'm good. And now it's like, okay, you don't need help from the guy who uh, had the best run at that school of all time? All right. I think now we have to look at, okay, you know, it's the first big head coach opening now. I think there's several. If you're going to handicap the candidates, Dan Mullen makes a whole lot of sense. 
Mississippi State quarterback. Or what is Chip head coach. Kelly doing now? Is he coaching? No, he's with ESPN. Oh, he's just uh, hanging out. But if I was going to give it the top three, in, in my opinion, that are going to uh, be the top three candidates for this Florida job, like I said, Dan Mullen, I, I think, has to be number one at this point. Former Florida OC, hit the current AD at Florida it was his former AD at Michigan or Mississippi State. He's doing a lot more with less uh, at Mississippi State. Imagine if he could actually get the four and five star recruits consistently. Uh, I think Dan Mullen, has, you know, I. He's not the overwhelming favorite, but I think he has to at least be considered the favorite at this point. Uh, Chip Kelly, I think he's definitely in the mix. I mean, I, I think there's some questions about that. Is he an SEC type guy? You know, they just had McIlwain, who was more of a, a West Coast guy, more of a Northwest type of uh, uh, personality. Chip Kelly, is he ready for the SEC? Uh, you know, is that going to work? He also has that show cause uh, from his issues over at Oregon, Florida, are they going to want to deal with that? So Chip Kelly, I think he's in that top three mix. And then in the third, I would say is Scott Frost, who has been doing outstanding things at UCF. Scott Frost, Nebraska quarterback, former, Scott Frost? Former Nebraska quarterback, nice. yes. I always like a triple option coach. A lot of people are saying that, you know, he's going to be the favorite in Nebraska with his ties there, with Mike Riley likely out after the season. But if you're Scott Frost, you know, you're going to take the... Florida job you know you hate to spurn your alma mater but where what place is going to give you a better chance of winning a national title Nebraska. it's Florida you just got to bring back the triple option had a lot of success with that Scott knows poor Nebraska he knows the deal so uh you know that would be interesting I think we we anticipate Tennessee job coming open I think a good chance Texas A&M jobs coming open so you know the quarter or the head coach dominoes uh are about to start falling here starting with this McElwain all right, what else we got to do today here, Dane? Uh, well, recapped the weekend. Let's do uh, our college football playoff projections. You know, like I said, I if you read, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, they're already out. But uh, if you listen to it before, these are what oh, we think God. they're going to be. We have a phenomenal web team. It'll be up uh, by lunchtime. Perfect. It'll be up by lunchtime. I think we're going to have the same top four. Uh, I don't want to say Notre Dame's name, but since this is about being right, I think it'll go Alabama, Georgia, Notre Dame, Ohio State. I have the same top four, except I'm putting Georgia at number one. I think the committee. That's where I would put them. I think you the think committee will. Win? Yeah, because okay. you look, they have, they beat Notre Dame. I, I think the Florida State. Uh, Man, Nick Saban's gonna have a field day with that. Oh yeah, we're well, being disrespected. Look, they passed the eye test, uh, but that Florida State win just doesn't look as good as it did in September. It look, it doesn't matter because these two teams are gonna play in the SEC title game. They're one and two. It's more like one A, one B. Um, but Georgia, I think they have one of the best wins in, in, of the season. They went to South Bend. They beat Notre Dame, who is likely going to be in the top four uh, of the rankings tonight. And then, you know, Notre Dame, for all the reasons we mentioned earlier, I think they should be number three. And then four, do you have a problem with Ohio State being at four instead of Oklahoma, considering they're both one-loss teams and Oklahoma has a head-to-head? I don't, and I kicked it around on the radio yesterday because it gets, it's, no matter who you want to put there, you have a good argument, I think. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because you can just use whichever logic you want to use, and then somebody else will use a different logic, and they'll have a great point. So for OU uh, and Ohio State, when you look at it, OU won head-to-head. OU lost uh, later in the season, which hurts, which I don't know if it should, but it does. And they don't have... Um, well, they do have the same quality of win. So I guess you just go the level of the loss. Mm-hmm. Because Iowa State, even though they're number 14, I don't think they're going to get the same respect 
as OU, which is yeah. who Ohio State lost to. So it makes sense, and I expect it to go that way. But I could put Penn State there. Like, they have the same kind of deal going on, right? Like, yeah, you beat us head-to-head one right. point on the road. It's my only loss. Your loss is worse than mine. The thing with Penn State, though, is they don't have... They don't have a win. And Ohio State doesn't need... I mean, they, they had the Penn State win, but what's Penn State's most impressive win? And Michigan, uh, I mean, they they don't have that big win that they can hang their hat on and on their resume and point to. Uh, and that's kind of what, that was the difference last year when Ohio State went to the playoff ahead of them because they had that Oklahoma win earlier in the season. Penn State didn't have that win that they could point to. And that's why that loss was so devastating for them because they need a lot of help to get back in this. Because uh, even if, all right, say uh, Ohio State loses, there'll be a one loss. Big Ten team, uh, they'll have two losses, but only one loss in the Big Ten. Ohio State will still go to the Big Ten championship game ahead of Penn State so because they'll have the head-to-head. So Penn State either has to have Ohio State lose twice or something crazy to happen where Notre Dame loses and you know one of those SEC teams loses. And so it's, it, it's going to be an uphill climb for Penn State. Penn State's dead in the water. Rest in peace. Saquon. You didn't win the Heisman either. Well, hey, it's a perfect transition. Let's talk about the Heisman. Uh, it, it's funny because... For several weeks, we seemed like we were stuck on the same three guys. Barkley, Bryce Love, Baker Mayfield. But really quickly, this Heisman race has gone from stagnant to superfluous. I mean, it, it, we have so many what's guys. A, what's a superfluous? We have so many guys to talk about. Oh, okay. I mean, okay. you, you could do a top five Heisman and you're still leaving guys out. And, you know, a couple weeks ago, that seemed crazy. But uh, I, actually, I think it's going to be hard for Barkley to win it. Really? And everybody, I guess... But someone He's has got to take the name it from rec- him. Right, but at this point, he is the best player in the country. Mm-hmm. But as a running back, I always go back to they will have a graphic for the Heisman where they're going to show your stats. Mm-hmm. And Barkley, it really helps having the receiving and it helps having the returning. But he's played eight games and he has 800 rushing yards. There's going to be guys that double him. And I yeah. think that hurts. And now he's not going to be the Big Ten champion. He's not going to be going to the college football playoff. Right, and he's going to finish the year. What do they play? Twelve or thirteen? Twelve games. Twelve regular season. If yeah. he finishes with twelve hundred yards, he ain't winning the Heisman. Now, if he starts ripping off two hundred yard games, I think he can, but I don't think he's going to get a hundred yards rushing a game and win the Heisman. You're not wrong with by saying that, but I, he's also top five in the FBS in uh, all purpose yards if, because you include the receiving, include the return, and then right, here's a, an important point that I want to make that I hope Heisman voters pay attention to. You look at, real quick, here's my top three. Uh, Saquon Barkley's one, Bryce Love's two, Josh Adams is three. If you look at the two and three guys on that list, Bryce Love and Josh Adams, they have two above average offensive lines. You look at some of the holes they're running through, and you know, imagine Saquon Barkley with those type of offensive lines. Then you look at Penn State's offensive line, an okay offensive line, not a, a great offensive line, Nyman Street called them a good offensive line. Barkley's doing a lot more with less than those two other other guys. So yes, Adams, Love are probably going to have the better rushing stats. But when you look at the eye test and Saquon Barkley, he is the best player in college football. And I hope Heisman voters pay attention to uh, what they're asked to do, the uh, protections. I mean, some of those holes Josh Adams were running through against NC State, he wasn't touched. I mean, there were gaping holes. And so that's good vision. That's great vision. Yeah. You got to see it. I, I mean, I don't know. I Barkley to me still 
And we talk about the Penn or the Ohio State game, how it wasn't a good game for him. He still had 172 all-purpose yards and two touchdowns. And also this point, after that first, that opening kickoff for a touchdown, what did Ohio State do the rest of the game? They squib kicked it. A lot of times, Penn State had their starting possession of that drive start at the 40-yard line. Yeah. They were I mean, probably averaging, I'm just guessing, I have it in front of me, but it seemed like they were between the 30 and the 40. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's the Saquon Barkley effect. I mean, that vastly helps your offense just right there by having him as your kickoff returner. So just that overall impact, that's why Saquon Barkley is number one for me. Um, real quick, Bryce Love. He had a huge opportunity last Thursday. Stanford is a national game Thursday night against Oregon State. This one where he didn't play? He didn't play. And I think on the flip side, I mean, there was a big missed opportunity for him. On the flip side, Stanford should have lost that game. They lost on a last-second touchdown. So you could point to that and say, well, look, without Bryce Love, they're not a very good team. With Bryce Love, they're a much better team. So uh, you can, I, I could see voters looking at that either way. Um, Josh Adams, you know, we talked about him going over 200 yards. He's averaging 8.9 yards per carry. And then real quick, my four through seven uh, for my Heisman. Holy cow, Dane. You have to. Number four, Baker Mayfield. Uh, by the way, how about that guy wearing the Texas Tech shirt? That, yeah, the Trader shirt. That's awesome. That was great. So I guess their student section wore that shirt last year when they played OU. Okay. And so it was Trader and then it had the state of Oklahoma, the X through it. I'm, tr- I'm, just, I'm trying to figure out with Baker if I love it. Or if I hate it, like if you're an if NFL, you back it if up, you're an NFL scout, do you love it? Oh, yeah. or do you hate it? If, as long as you back it up on the field, I love it. Okay, every time. Okay. Uh, now if he went and I mean, it was a lack of awareness. The flag thing when he tried to plant a flag in turf, yeah, yeah that it was. wasn't going to go in the turf. That's potential for injury. That's low awareness. He, he said he learned from it. We'll see. <laughs> um, five, Quentin Nelson. Look, I know an offensive lineman is not going to win the Heisman. I know, but if I'm a voter, I'm. Quentin Nelson's the best offensive lineman in the country. He's one of the best players in the country. That's what the Heisman's for, isn't it? The best player in the country, the most outstanding player in the country. Screw all your stats. And then put him at number one. He's, Don't he's, hedge. He's put him one, up there. I, I said he's one of the best players in college football. And that's why he's in my top five. Okay. He should be. Uh, I don't I don't know if any offensive lineman's ever been invited to New York. Quentin Nelson should be invited. And I'm tempted to put him above Josh Adams because without Quentin Nelson, Josh Adams is not doing what he's doing. Uh, six, JT Barrett, like I said, 30 touchdowns, one interception. What he did again in the fourth quarter against Penn State, he punched his ticket to New York. And then seven, a guy that isn't getting enough love is Khalil Tate from Arizona. Uh, have you heard of his name yet? Is it the quarterback? Yeah, from Arizona, yeah. He runs? He, uh, he does, but he's also pretty high up in pass efficiency. He His month of October, if you gave the Heisman just based on the month of October, it would go to him. I mean, he had a Lamar Jackson type of month, uh, like Lamar did last year, so... Uh, yeah, Khalil Tate, if he can finish November the way he played in October, he'll be in New York. There's no question about it. He's been that good. I got Baker Mayfield, number one. Bryce <laughs> wow. Love, number two. Josh Adams, number three. Get out of and here. And my list ends at three. Saquon needs a 200-yard rushing game, and then we'll talk. Do you not listen week. to anything I said? I did I make to everything good points you said, there? Sir? No, you did. But there's an LCD co- uh, part of the Heisman. And that's show me how much he ran for. He's a running oh. back. These are the rules. Use your eyes. The rules are established, Dane. I'll take him number one overall in the here. NFL draft. But the Heisman's about stats. That's what the Heisman's about. <laughs> You're brainwashed. About, it's about how bonkers were your stats. It's the Lamb Lamb Award. Baker Mayfield's the guy. It's a quarterback. It's a quarterback-driven league, Dane. Get out of here. Your running back talk. Anyways. Uh... If Trace McSorley was better, they'd win the Big Ten. Eh. Quarterbacks matter. They do matter, but I mean, 
God, he had like no time to throw. I I don't know. I give a lot Peyton of credit Manning to the defensive line. Had an offensive line. Get it together, Trace. Eh. I'm kind of just mad at Penn State, I think, because they <laughs> lost to Ohio State, and I don't like Ohio State, and so I'm just punishing all of them. That's Trace right. is terrible. Saquon's out of the Heisman race. Ohio State will probably go to the playoff and get blown out in the first game, and we can have the same conversation all over again. Yeah, it'll be great, and I hope it's Georgia. I hope that's who they get to deal with. Yeah, that would be that'd be tough. That tough matchup for Ohio State. Lose by 30. Uh, other quick notes from the weekend. Luke Falk, he was benched again. Maybe we can stop talking about him as a top quarterback prospect. I've been saying it all year. Um, they lost again. Speaking of top quarterbacks that people have been talking about, Josh Allen actually had his best game of the year. Against, oh, did he do something? Against New Mexico. Nice. Yeah. Was he productive? Uh, for five touchdowns, four passing, one oh. rushing. So he, he looked okay. I don't look up his numbers anymore because he's not good. Uh, and then good news for Texas fans, Connor Williams, one of the best left tackles in the country. He could return this weekend against TCU, uh, or at worst, maybe the following week. He looked like a, a future first rounder last year, but he played poorly in the opener and then he got hurt in the USC game, his knee. So instead of opting for surgery, he just kind of basically rehabbed and rested and uh, it's a good thing that they're, they're going to get him back. Scouts are excited too, because this offensive tackle class very underwhelming. Connor Williams, if he plays like he did last year, uh, I mean, he can pencil him in in top 20 picks. All right, we're done here. Candy corn is awful, and we're good. Quick look at next week. Oh, qu- oh yeah. What uh, about next week? And it's a good week. It is. I mean, as good as last week was, we got another good one coming up. Bedlam! Uh, it, first off, we have Maction starting on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. That's when you know uh, it's November because we get Maction on weeknights. Uh, Friday night, we have UCLA at Utah. Josh Rosen was hurt on Saturday. He's not practicing this week. We're, we're I think we're calling him a game time decision. So hopefully he plays, but man uh, up doesn't seem likely. Man up. Uh, Saturday at noon, few competitive games. Penn State at Michigan State, Auburn at A and M. Three thirty games they give us. Ohio State at Iowa, Clemson at NC State, and then of course Bedlam, Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. This is. This is Mason Rudolph's best chance to turn the narrative around about him as a prospect. Uh, he struggled against the Big Ten's or Big 12's better defensive teams, OU. They're not exactly a good defense, but they have talent on that side of the ball. Uh, players that can give Rudolph some trouble. So I, I, this is a big game for Rudolph going into this. I think I looked, the early line is the Cowboys favored by three. Really? Yeah. That's wrong. Well, OU is bad at defense. Well, I'll tell you what else is going to happen this weekend, Dane. Iowa State's going to lose at West Virginia, and TCU and OU are going to be very sad about it. That's going to happen. My guy, Will Greer, he's done. He's done throwing picks. He's about to take down Iowa State. It's happening. Well, the the later game, Texas at TCU. uh, Can TCU uh, get past the loss and beat a a talented Texas team? We'll see about that. And then we've got Virginia Tech at Miami. Uh, Miami... Still sitting there as an undefeated team, but they're just they're not as good. Are they going to lose good. in a regular game, or are they going to wait until they get to the championship game and lose by forty? Which one will Miami do? Uh, we'll find out this Saturday night. Okay. Virginia Tech is a pretty good team that could knock them off easily, but uh, it should be a pretty good game. And then we have LSU at Alabama. I know LSU; they're not the same LSU we've come to know the last decade, but. This team still has talent. Uh, if they get any consistency from the offense, the game could be close for you know a half, maybe three quarters. But that's a big if. Uh, that's both a big, these, that's a good sell by you. Make sure you watch this game. It might be close for a half. Alabama is favored by three touchdowns. No good chance might. they win by at least three touchdowns. But both these teams are coming off a bye. You never know how that might factor in. Extra time to rest up. Extra time to prepare. 
um, you know, we'll see if uh, LSU can at least keep it close uh, through halftime. All right, we good? Uh, I think we're good. Everybody go to at DP Brugler on Twitter and follow him. Go to at JC1053 and follow me. And however you listen to this podcast, if you could do us a huge favor, this is big for Dane's contract negotiations. Yes. Hit the five-star review and then leave a comment and say, man, that content is so, so good. And leave your favorite farm animal. That's what we're doing this week. Your favorite farm animal. Mine is the goat. All right. We'll see you next week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.